uh, when you first see San Quentin, it kind of reminds you of uh, an old castle like you see in movies, you know. And uh, right away, the first thing you think about since you're coming to be locked up here is uh, San Quentin. Not only uh, uh, how tough the enemies were, but uh, other things like how tough the guards were and so forth, you know. And uh, I had been sent up uh, about approximately uh, 20, uh, 24, 25 months earlier. Uh, from LA from armed robbery and uh, my first stop I uh, had been to San Quentin not San Quentin but the Soledad where uh, for four months I was in uh, uh, the part of Soledad that's uh, known as uh, called Central and uh, this is where uh, this is my first uh, contact that I had had with uh, Brother Joe Jackson and uh, I, even though I didn't really know him personally I had been there about four months I had seen him you know around and uh heard about him and heard the things, uh, you know, the general uh, talk that he, you know, the things that he advocated. You know, at this time I had no uh, political aspirations, whatever, and uh, it really didn't matter uh, at the time. It really didn't mean anything to me except uh, the impact uh, that he had personally, you know, but this was very, like I said, this was very briefly because uh, I got transferred to uh, an, another part of the facility, which is uh, really two separate prisons, and uh, this was North facility, and I hadn't any more contact. Uh, with uh with the brother as long as I was there. I stayed in uh Saturday approximately uh, seventeen months and uh I got a year date from the parole board, which is an experience in itself, you know. <laughs> Just uh having to go up uh, before the board. You know, I had been up uh twice and uh, twice for the board. That is, uh, this is my first uh, time I had ever been locked up. I had ever been to prison, you know. Therefore, uh, and the things that I did do, I really didn't do anything. I attempted to do something, you know. And the things that uh, I that did happen really wasn't much. And since this is my very first time I had been locked up for any offense at all, uh, they saw fit to let me go rather early, you know. Uh, and uh, from uh, from Solidarity, uh this is where. I, uh, first became uh, aware that uh, you had to be involved in something in order to survive, other than uh, the day to day things that we were doing out on the street, which were really mostly negative towards the community and the people that live in the communities. And uh, the first thing you become aware of is uh, all the things that uh, they have been talking about on the street, you know, uh, like depression and stuff, because uh, even though the, the street is just a uh, mirror of what's happening in the penitentiary, uh, by, by the uh, area being so confined, uh, you become much more aware of it much more quickly and uh, it has a di more direct bearing directly on you, so therefore you have to become much more aware of it. And uh, there's not really much choice. You have to become something. You won't be the same once you leave. Uh, you either become a overt racist, uh, you become a, a, a radical and become involved in politics, or you become a racist and a radical and involved in politics. And uh, I became a radical, you know, a revolutionary. <laughs> and uh, you have time to do nothing but uh, read and stuff like this. So therefore, if you are interested in anything at all, you naturally become aware of the things that are happening in the outside world around you. And uh, you look for solutions to problems because uh, all problems have some kind of a solution. Therefore, uh, I feel like my becoming a politically orientated uh, is a solution to my problem and uh, therefore that's the reason why 
I joined Black Panther Party because I felt like it was the best thing that was the, really the last hope for black people in this country. And, uh, especially in Solidarity prison that I had went to, uh, that were uh, becoming uh, politically aware, of all of, even though all of them weren't members of uh, the Black Panther Party, but uh, they were members of uh, groups that they felt like were, would be putting in government to them, you know. And uh, all of them saw the need of doing something, you know, because uh, even like I said, even you might not be aware of, uh, of what's happened to you on the outside, once you get in, you have to be aware of because uh, they have a they have a racial balance, you know. It's supposed to be uh, for every uh, 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 for every uh, group uh, uh, race uh, that's in the penitentiary. They're supposed to have a balance in all the jobs and so forth. And they have a few paying jobs and uh, that are uh, not uh, down in the factories that they pay a little better than they do in the factories. Some jobs make as high as thirteen dollars a month, such as clerks and stuff like this, you know. But uh, it, this is not balanced, you know. In fact, it's uh, you feel the same thing uh, inside as you feel outside. Only one thing you feel it a little more because it's more confined, and uh, they have a more direct bearing uh, on your life. You know. You know when uh, you was talking about them jobs, uh, one of the cold things is like uh, uh, like when you come out there in that gift room, you know, and uh, you see all those uh, paintings and pictures and uh, stuff, and then when you get into the visiting room. Uh, the whole walls is uh, posted with uh, paintings and crafts and stuff that uh, the prisoners have made. And the cold thing about it, they sell them $30, 40 some uh, real high prices, and the uh, prisoners uh, uh, have to give uh, somewhat, almost all of that back to the uh, uh, back to the state, you know, and uh, they have it out there as if that uh, the prisoners is getting this back. And like uh, another thing that uh, tripped me out when uh, I found out that uh, uh, some companies got contracts out to the prisons where they make uh, mattresses and uh, shoes and all them types of things and they take them right back on the market and sell them and whatnot and uh, the prisoners don't even uh, get uh, some of them two cents an hour for some of their labor. Yeah, well, uh, like I said, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's really like a case of robbery because uh, when you do anything artistic, anything like that, right off the top, uh, the state gets uh, 25, the 25 cent cut, cent cut. This do include the the taxes that, <laughs> that they're going to take out of and everything else. Yeah. And then, uh, since they have no no competition within the, within the prisons, you know, they only have uh, this one store, canteen, that is known in the, within the prison. It's the only place you can go. And not only that, the canteens in the prison, all of the prices are much higher than the prices in the store because they don't have no, I mean, in the street because they don't have any competition, whatever. And uh, you can't go any place but right here. You know, and spend your money, and uh, this way they do it too. It's just like the old uh, 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 Robert Byron. You know how people used to work, and uh, used to get everything. You know, anyway, it's the same thing right here. And uh, in the factories, they do. They make millions of dollars off the, off the prisoners in uh, San Quentin. Uh, those who work in industry and uh, pay you start you off at two, maybe three cents a month. You know, and uh, eventually you might be if you stay there long enough, uh, five or ten years, you might work up to eight cent uh, an hour. You know. And uh, this way, uh, you really don't make but two or three dollars, you know. And uh, you don't, if uh, the person or the inmate don't have anyone to uh, send him anything from outside, anything, it's two or three dollars, all that he have in the first place. And he had no way of getting anything else unless he 
let's see, uh, have to uh, uh, manipulate, uh, and then they on top of that, they tell you when you first come there, it's so cold, you know, that uh, they realize that you have to manipulate to survive, you know, because they're not going to really do anything to uh, alleviate the problem, so they tell you from the very beginning that you're going to have to manipulate to survive. This means, uh, like, uh, like you take showers twice a week. You know, you might change underwear twice a week. You might change twice a week, but usually it's once a week because the man down there who's in the underwear room is selling underwear every day for a, a pack, you understand? Yeah. So he can survive. That's a pack of cigarettes. Yeah, a pack yeah. of cigarettes. Cigarettes are like money and everything else, you know. And, uh, like, the food is, uh, <laughs> the food is awful. And, uh, if you, uh, want to, really, half the time, if you really want to have something to eat, and, uh, you got to pay some of the fellas working in the kitchen, you know, to, uh, uh, it's another pack of cigarettes for a steak sandwich or something, you know, and uh, uh, what have you, whatever they happen to have, be having on the lot that's hot on the line that day, you know. And uh, getting back to the, in, to the in industry, the man who don't make but the $3, he, he can't even uh, uh, support his smoking habit off of this for a whole month. And on top of that, the price of cigarettes in a, in a canteen is, is probably about a nickel more than the average place on the streets, you know. Well, what about the brothers that uh, be in the hole? Do they get anything? Because I know, like, when we had um, uh, started the branch up there, that uh, we had a lot of brothers that was, um, uh, after it was announced, uh, the San Quentin branch, we put it on the newspaper. I heard that uh, uh, somebody gave Parks one, you know, one of the papers, and uh, uh, that issue with uh, San Quentin on the front, and then San Quentin branch, the Black Panther Party opens up. And uh, that, uh, any result of that, uh, some brothers were uh, put in uh, uh, put in the hole for that. Do they get uh, any of their um, uh, necessities, like cigarettes and uh, canteen and whatnot? Can they still get that? Or I mean, do uh, it, does all that stop? You know? Uh, no. Uh, they allow they allow uh, uh, brothers in the hole. They they have a special uh, canteen day for them, which is usually on Friday. But uh, if a man was working in uh, factories uh, uh, or something uh, depending on uh, on uh, his, his uh, uh, canteen and a, and a way to get his necessities, then once he's locked up, he's cut off from everything because uh, they don't give him anything, you understand that really. Mm -hmm. And uh, however, uh, when uh, these brothers did, when the brothers do get locked up and uh, they're not able to uh, do anything for themselves, uh, Members of uh, uh, the cadre and uh, other brothers who were concerned. Okay. This is the beginning of row eight on the George Jackson film. Three. So you can uh, see that the three cent a month that the brother gets uh, isn't very much to go to canteen with, because uh, considering the high prices, you know, and working three dollars by out in the street, even where uh, prices are much cheaper than he is now, much less. Uh, trying to go into the dining room and buy the little good food that is found in there every man, then, you know, uh, he don't even have enough to uh, buy his necessities. Yeah. And uh, oppression is uh, wide open, blatant, and overt. And I, this is the reason why it's necessary for me to, uh, my, only my shadow to be shown, because uh, they're so cold, they, they don't like any type of dissent, whatever, you know. And uh, if I was, uh, shown here, you know, and um, the mother took in the descent, you know, uh, I would find myself uh, right back in the prison since I am on parole, you know, at this time. Uh, you know, like when you're talking about that, uh, I remember <coughs> the first time, like you were saying, that, uh, how San Quentin looked. 
I remember the first time uh, myself and a couple other comrades went up to San Quentin to have a visitor with uh, one of the brothers that uh, was in the party and had been ripped off the streets, you know, and uh, put in San Quentin. Uh, when we first got up there, you know, like uh, uh, the first impression, like you said, was uh, a big stone castle, you know, and big old yellow fading walls. Uh, it kind of scared you, you know. And, uh, you know, you go and sign in and whatnot, and the dude meets you real friendly, you know. And uh, you, lock, you walk up that long sidewalk. But uh, if you notice, uh, uh, when you're walking up the sidewalk, you look up in the uh, gun tower, and uh, it's a cat following you with binoculars, you know, all the way up into the, uh, where they uh, do that uh, change, uh, uh, what do they call a metal detector? Uh, where they had a metal detector. You go through that, then you go in to uh, get your visit. So uh, I probably visited for about a month or two, you know, uh, pretty regularly and whatnot. And uh, uh, I didn't uh, meet up with too many uh, uh, unusual things and whatnot, but uh, the, the, the whole situation changed when uh, we announced that it was uh, a branch of the Black Panther Party in uh, San Quentin, you know. And uh, when that happened, uh, things blew wide open, you know. By that time, uh, I had been up there quite regularly, uh, myself and some other people visiting uh, what they call known Panthers, known militants and whatnot. So uh, they started to employ a little different tactics when we came. Uh, the first time I noticed it was uh, I came through the, um, uh, the signing desk. And as soon as I signed in, I stepped outside waiting for the little buggy that uh, comes and transports you that uh, maybe about 300, 400 yards up to the visiting room. And uh, I heard the dude get on the telephone and uh, ask for the gun tower. And uh, when he asked for the gun tower, he said, uh, Panther's on the grounds. Uh, they're on their way to the visiting room. So uh, as we got in the buggy, you know, the buggy took us on up to the metal detector. So when we got out the metal detector, I looked up at the gun tower, and uh, the cat was standing right there, one with uh, his rifle, the other one with his binoculars looking down, you know. Uh, went through the metal detector and uh, he was uh, very thorough through the uh, sister's purses and whatnot. Uh, took out natural combs and uh, uh, medicine and so forth like that and then let us go on through. By the time we got in the visiting room, uh, the, the, the visiting uh, room attendant was hanging up the phone saying, yeah, they're just walking through the door, you see. So uh, it's a constant surveillance while you're on the whole grounds that it's, um, uh, they're saying that it's Panthers uh, coming through, you know. So uh, we come out, uh, uh, like we'd go up there in mass droves, you know. It would be mostly sisters visiting the brothers, about five or six, you know. So as the brothers would come in, uh, they'd systematically separate us, you know, because uh, when we get up there, we know each other and whatnot, and we go from table to table, you know, and talking to everybody and whatnot. So uh, to stop that, uh, they would isolate us, put one over in one corner and one in the next corner, you know. And uh, it was constantly a, a guard peering over our shoulders and whatnot and uh, looking and so forth. Um, the first uh, in encounter I had uh, with the guards there was something that I didn't understand. Uh, one day Brother George came out into the visiting room, you know, um, and uh, as soon as he came out he had a big smile on his face and uh, it was a lot of uh, brothers and sisters in the visiting room at that time and uh, everybody gave George a power sign, you know, and George gave the power sign back. So as he walked down, um, uh, the the brother that I was visiting knew George uh, uh, personally and whatnot, and uh, they embraced and uh, said a couple of words, you know. And the guard immediately came on and said, all right, Jackson, I didn't told you about that, you know. So uh, George uh, finished his conversation with him and shook hands with me, you know. 
and then went on into that uh, little uh, lawyer's place where uh, he uh, often visited his lawyers. So um, uh, I stayed until about 3 o'clock, that's when visiting is usually over, and uh, George stayed until that time too, visiting with his lawyer. So um, by that time, all the brothers was getting ready to go back uh, through those gates and whatnot and get searched and then going back into the uh, grounds, you know, and you could overhear the conversation that uh, the uh, guard told George that he was going to give him, uh, I think it's called B-15. Right. Uh, yeah, he was going to write him up, uh, give him a B-15. Yeah, 115, 115 <laughs> for uh, shaking hands with other inmates and shaking hands with uh, someone that wasn't on his visiting list, you know. So uh, George looked at him and said, to him, well, that's what you have to give me, you know. So um, uh, we observed that and left. And when I got out back into the reception room where there's guards that uh, process you to go in the actual visiting room, the guard told me that uh, if I ever shook hands with George again, that uh, my business would be uh, permanently suspended, you know. So that was my first encounter with, uh, uh, with them guards up there, you know. And um, as you go back and forth, we were going, we were coming pretty regularly, you know, because that's when the branch was first starting, and uh, we had a lot of enthusiasm and whatnot, and uh, we were coming back and forth, and inevitably as you would come back and forth, you would start uh, uh, getting to know certain guards up there and uh, knowing which ones was righteous dogs and uh, which ones was uh, just there, you know. Uh, I would always have an encounter with this little guard called Johnny Arms. Uh, I think you uh, yeah. know about Johnny Arms. Uh, I come up to the uh, up to the uh, uh, metal detector, and Johnny Arms would say, uh, "Taylor, uh, everything out your pockets," you know, which uh, is uh, a normal thing is to just you know like uh, take your change out your pocket, you know, so it won't be no metal on your pocket, your uh, body. So he'd make it a point to call my name, and then uh, make it a point to make me take everything out of my pockets, you know. So uh, he'd make little smart remarks. The sister had a, had a book one time that uh, said, um, um, what did it say? It said, black racism, you know. And so he said, oh, man, I thought it was only white racism. I didn't know that that was going on, you know. So uh, he always made the point to try to agitate you so you could say something to him so you could get your visit squashed, you know. So uh, I'd get in the uh, visiting room, you know, and uh, go on and wait for a little while. We had to uh, sometimes wait about 30 minutes or 40 minutes before our visitor would be brought out. And I talked to the brother uh, that I was visiting about, and he said, yeah, I had an encounter with Johnny Arms uh, down in the mess hall of the night. He, I was in the mess hall, and uh, he gave, I, I gave one of the brothers the power sign. He told me that uh, the next time he saw me do it, he was going to shoot my hand off, you know. So that's just... Um, uh, some of the things that uh, uh, the guards be going through up there that uh, we was getting uh, subjected to after the fact that uh, they really knew that uh, it was uh, some type of organized political uh, vehicle inside San Quentin. Um, one of the other things uh, we were used to, uh, like doing a recent thing uh, <coughs> after Brother George got killed and uh, Parks was making all of his statements on the radio, you know, he. Uh, said that uh, one of the statements there was that uh, they was forced to uh, let Black Panther Party literature inside the prison, radical literature and so forth and so on. And uh, when I know personally that uh, we would try to bring um, uh, pictures of a chairman up there by the seal and uh, uh, the servant uh, and uh, just uh, pictures of rallies that we've been having for the brothers to make them a, a, a little uh, book out of, you know. and. Uh, they would always reject them, saying, well, you know, Panther literature, this can't be in, it's uh, 
it's uh, they would call it um, inflammatory yeah literature. inflammatory literature inflammatory towards the uh, institution you know right. uh, <coughs> I had one experience where I was bringing in a picture of um, just uh, just uh, one of the brothers that uh, uh, the brother that I was visiting was very close comrades with uh, he and myself you know and I was just bringing a picture of him he had a sports jacket on and uh, just an ordinary hat you know so showed it to the guard, you know, because you have to get inspected by the guard when you come in. He says, no, no, I just can't go in. So I inquired, I said, well, why not? He says, well, uh, they just told me to stop all this kind of stuff. I said, well, what kind of stuff? He said, well, I don't have to argue with you. If uh, you want your visit, go ahead. If you don't, uh, you can turn around and go back. You know, I don't care. So um, I thought it best just to let him keep the pitch and I go in and have my visit. So when I got in, uh, I asked, uh, uh, what's his name? You know that old that old dude, uh, not Fantana, but uh, Fala. No, um, uh, uh, that old one. Uh, what old one? Um, <laughs> let me see. Uh, Fantana. <laughs> yeah, he's a yeah, yeah, right, right. So uh, he was in there, you know. So I asked him. I said, Well, uh, I thought that uh, you were supposed to uh, uh, check all pictures that was coming in, decide whether they could come in or not. You know. Um, I had an incident. He said, oh, that's all right. I know about the incident. Uh, he said he was bringing in pictures of Panthers, and uh, we don't lie to him. If you don't like it, go talk to Warden Parks about it. So uh, I did. I went over to Parks. By the time I got over to Parks' office, Parks walked out the office and said, you the one trying to get the Panther uh, uh, pictures in? So I said, uh, no, I'm the one that's trying to get some pictures in. Uh, they're not uh, Panther pictures. He said, well, uh, uh, the, the officer said that uh, Wow. Yeah. 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 Yeah.